Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me to chat about the final NFL game of the 2019 NFL season is another contributor at Niner Noise, Mr. Chris Wilson. Chris, how are you feeling right now, sir? Hello, I am feeling a little bit tired after (laughs) doing nothing but reviewing film for the last week and a half in preparation for the biggest game the 49ers have played in recent memory, depending on how bad your memory is. (laughs) But there's a, a lot of film to watch, and I've been trying to watch as much of it as I can, and I haven't really come to a conclusion yet, but it seems a little bit scary on both sides. So yeah, I believe yeah, if yeah. I were a Chiefs fan, I would be a little bit scared. And if I were a, if I were a, if, <laughs> yeah, I could possibly potentially be a 49ers fan. <laughs> you are. And a, as a 49ers yeah. fan, it scares me a little bit facing the Chiefs as well. So lots of film watching, um, no sleep. Apparently that's something you're supposed to do, but I guess I'll so. worry about that later. Yeah. The Niners have stayed healthy. I'm praying daily to the injury gods that we have no no contact injuries during practices or like in Radio Row or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, all things considered, the 49ers are fairly healthy at this point, other than their very important center that we will continue to try to hide for one more game. <laughs> and a linebacker who's not supposed to be playing until next year, but is playing anyway. But <laughs> all things considered, things are pretty good. The 49ers in the Super Bowl, there's not really a lot of room for me to complain as much as I love to complain. I'm in a good place, even without the sleep. Yep. So yeah, let's make this happen. Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, it's 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 almost here. Here we're uh, sitting just uh, days away as we record this uh, from Super Bowl 54. San Francisco 49ers will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for not just some of the marbles, not most of the marbles, but all of the marbles available to an NFL team. I had to clarify that it's just the ones available to football teams. Um, so yeah, I think uh, lots of good things here. There's you know no new injuries to to speak of. It looks like the practice schedule at this particular point is not going to be terribly heavy. Um, we're recording on Wednesday night, so they've already done their Wednesday practice. I think they're planning on doing practices on Thursday and Friday, and then like a walkthrough on Saturday, and that's pretty much it. So I, th- I think we're in, we're in pretty good shape um, heading into this game. Um, and 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 to be honest with you, as you're as you're thinking about you know the the fact that the Chiefs might be scary and and the the Chiefs thinking the same thing about the Forty ers like honestly, that's the way it should be at this point of the year, right? It, like if this should be the two best teams playing up or two of the best teams playing off playing against one another. And so if you're not a little bit scared of the other team, I, I think that's probably, you know, like, like unlikely to happen at this point. So what fun is it when you're the Patriots and you're like, you know, we're playing the Eagles. Like give me a break. Right. <laughs> yeah. The game they lost. Um, interestingly enough. So yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that uh, there's certainly things about both teams that would make the other team, 
uh, worried and concerned. And um, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about those things. Um, that's my segue into the into the conversation. Uh, we it was obviously beautiful, d- too. Thank you. Uh, we obviously don't have a game to recap because we already talked about the NFC Championship game last week. But we're, we could talk about that for a while. I mean, we could. It was, let, uh, you know, we blew them out. Big, big whoop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just listen to last week's episode. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was good. Uh, so we're going to talk about Super Bowl 54. Um, and so we chatted about ways that we can handle this because it's the first time we've we've done a, an episode that is just solely focused on uh, a, a, a game that is yet to come. So we decided what we're going to do is we're going to build a little game plan uh, that we think the Niners can put into place uh, to, to secure victory over Kansas City. Now, uh, the thing to keep in mind is, uh, of course, um, is Kyle Shanahan has already stated that the uh, the install has already happened and the game plan is already in place. So uh, I don't think he's going to be taking our uh, our advice. But you know, maybe if he gets some, say, you know, Saturday night he's getting some last last minute preparations in, and he's like, I'm going to throw on the Niner Noise podcast. He, he might get some good ideas. So um, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to uh, look at the this from an offensive side of the ball for the 49ers and a defensive side of the ball and we're going to uh throw out some uh, just one idea a matchup or a strategy or something that we think could be helpful um and turn it into our official niner noise podcast super bowl game plan um so how does that what do you you think so does that work for the record i have it on very good authority and that authority is me just making it up that Uh shanahan listens to this podcast the evening before the game i think he and jimmy g do it together they like sit in the room together and listen just in case you know they, he needs to implement something immediately so that we can we can be like hey do you hear what those guys said we're gonna do that all right cool and then the question is do they like put on speaker or do they like share headphones uh, I think like, they, in my I head think... they share headphones <laughs> i'm thinking they have like you know a nice bose like external bluetooth speaker but that way works too um <laughs> <laughs> you have the money for that. Yeah, I think they do. I think my SPL costs like nothing, man. I think they do. Um, anywho, so we're going to start with the offensive side of the ball. We're going to take a look at the 49ers offense um, and something that uh, we think we should do. And Chris, I will uh, uh, start with you and what your thoughts are as far as the 49ers offense is concerned to take on the Chiefs defense. Yeah. And obviously, one would think that the 49ers would run the ball a lot in this game because the 49ers are apparently pretty good at running the ball in the playoffs as they've proven in the last two weeks. And that may be something that you'll be talking about soon, but I am going to be talking about the 49ers passing the ball because the 49ers are going to need to pass the ball in this game to win this game. And in my research, I came to a, I'm going to say a conclusion, but perhaps a, a question to the listeners and others out there, including Shani. If you're listening, and Jimmy, whether it's via the Bose speaker or uh, the other end of the headphones. Hi, Jimmy. Is Kansas City's defense actually more important than their offense? And, you know, the casual fan would call me an idiot. And actually, lots of non-casual fans call me idiots all the time. (laughs) But, but (laughs) yeah, it's great for my self-esteem. But when I was looking at the stats, it really appeared, especially in 2019, that there's a much higher correlation. Well, it didn't appear there was, but there's a higher connection between the way that Kansas City played on defense as opposed to offense and their ability to win games. So, you know, the, the Chiefs have like a middle of the road defense, which is a lot better than their defense last year, which was horrendous. I mean, some of that had to do with scoring so many points and, and then just sort of allowing teams to think and dunk the ball down the field and eventually score some points, but not enough points to win at the end of the game. So they have a top 10 pass defense, and then they have a run defense that's very close to the bottom of the league. And they rank near the NFL average at 12th in the league in points allowed per drive, which is a very important metric as far as defenses are concerned. So I looked at the correlation between wins in 2019 and the PFF grades of individual players as well as units and just the offense and defense and various aspects of the offense and defense. And the results were extremely surprising to me. So overall, there's a 0.62 correlation between the overall team PFF grade and winning the ball game, which makes sense because it's over 0.5. Obviously, it's not one. You can play a great game and still lose, but you're going to expect that 
overall offense plus defense played together as well as special teams, that is going to correlate highest with winning football games generally. You have a 16-game season or 18-game season in this case, and the numbers can always be skewed because you have such a low sample size. But generally, you expect that to be the case. Now, what I was extremely surprised about is of all the indicators I looked at, their defensive PFF grade correlated 0.56, while their offensive PFF grade correlated at 0.29. So essentially, to non-statisticians, and I am not one, I just took a couple classes in college. (laughs) I know a little bit about statistics in general, but to the layperson, (laughs) basically, 0.56 number means that there's a stronger correlation, and it's not causation, but it's a correlation between the defensive output and the defensive grade and wins than their offensive output and offensive grade and wins. So then I went down to Mahomes, thinking, you know, I mean, you can't turn on NFL Network or ESPN. Well, outside of this weekend, for SP's Kobe, it's difficult to turn on any of the sports channels or even local channels that talk about the Super Bowl and not see Mahomes' face on the TV. Mahomes actually had a lower correlation with winning than his offense did as well as his defense, as well as the overall team. So his correlation was 0.27 overall on offense, and then 0.27 as a passer, you know, not, not a runner, because he, you know, he does run. So that would lead me to believe that the 49ers really need to focus on their offense as opposed to their defense. And that's obviously surprising because that's not what you would hear if you're, I guarantee if you turn on NFL Network right now, that they're going to be talking about how do we stop Mahomes? How do we stop Mahomes? And obviously you need to consider stopping Mahomes because he's a fantastic quarterback, one of the best in the league and will likely be one of the best in the NFL for a long time to come. And you know, like I said, I, I root for him on days that aren't this upcoming Sunday. <laughs> and I, I, actually, I, I read against him a little bit last week as well. As far as I know, that there's not a lot negative about him. He seems like a nice guy, um, a little bit squeaky with the voice, but can't really control that. He you know, <laughs> seems like a fairly stand-up guy and you know, seems like a fun guy. And, and some of the plays are just unbelievable. He has potential to be a generational talent. So Mahomes is who he is, and you need to game plan for him. But at the same time, I think the 49ers can win this game just by simply playing their game on offense. They play sound defense and playing their game on offense, they can win this game. So, like I said, Chiefs have a bottom league rush defense. But my guess, and stop me if you think that I'm incorrect, is that Andy Reid and co. have probably reviewed the 49ers' last two playoff games. <laughs> I would like to say <laughs> yeah. that. In the film of those games, where the 49ers racked up nearly 500 rushing yards and six touchdowns, which is not necessarily what one would expect from a you know playoff team playing two fairly good playoff teams, but the 49ers basically just took the ball and they just ran the ball down the throat of two of the better teams in the NFL. And those teams either couldn't stop them or didn't take the the proper means to stop them. So they didn't take it very seriously and even extending to the fourth quarter, just kept on running, kept on running, you know, like we talked about last week. You know, Jimmy didn't throw a ball from the what, the second quarter to the final drive in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the end of the second quarter to the, the fourth quarter. Eventually when it became a you know a two score game, it's like, hey, we better throw this ball to Kittle like once this game or whatever. So, you know, that's something that Reed is definitely paying attention to. And, you know, Reed's a um, intelligent guy and he's a, a very good football coach. So I would expect that Andy Reed is going to key on stopping the run first and forcing Garoppolo, who continues to be trashed in the media because his coach told him to throw a certain number of times, and he threw that number of times very well. <laughs> but for some reason, he's not good. The, the logic, I don't know. Apparently, it's over my head. I don't know. So if I'm Shanahan, the way I start this game is I give Reed what he thinks the 49ers are going to start off with, and that's medium sets, heavy sets. And then I start passing the ball out of him. And one one thing for the 49ers that the Chiefs linebackers are, I think if you could summarize them in one word, as far as pass coverage goes, would be bad. (laughs) (laughs) And you know the 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 fact that they just can't. I mean, they're just not very good at covering against the pass, and that's just the way that it is. Especially when there is play action. I mean, the way these guys just 
dive in a line of scrimmage. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Especially in, the, in their losses. Like, if you watch their losses, it's just like, they're so worried about, you know, you know a guy like Henry or another running back who has the ability to, to really hit that second level and you want to hit him early. And I assume that all of the 49ers running backs would qualify as that. I mean, they're obviously not in Henry's size, but they are guys that you, you better get a hand on them early or because if they hit the open field and see ya, you, know? and they really jumped the line of scrimmage real, real quick. And they're often caught in bad situations. So I think this plays really well into what Jimmy does best, and that's throw intermediate passes in the middle of the field. So throwing the ball in the middle is going to be what I would do. Now, I believe it's, it's going to be what Shanahan's going to do as well. Is, is He's not going to come out and run, 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 punt like he did last week. He is going to come out, and he knows he's playing against a formidable opponent, in Andy Reid, and I think that that is actually good for him, which is sort of weird because you would think that a coach would be better if he were coaching against a coach who is obviously worse than him. But there can be you know a serious case made, even though Andy Reid is not you know, taking his team all the way, that he is comparable to Shanahan in many ways as far as designing plays, play calling, and mismanaging the clock at the end of the half and and, uh, and the game, which is you know, sort of his Achilles heel. But I don't think at this age he's ever going to uh, be able to overcome that. So it is what it is, Kansas City fans. Sorry about that. But otherwise he is you know one, one of the better offensive minds in the NFL and, and will continue to be so until he decides to retire. So hopefully this will not be the season where he, uh, where he gets his uh, Lombardi and, and decides to retire. Uh, but hopefully this is one of one of many uh, Shanahan and 49ers Super Bowls to come. So I think that Kansas City is unlikely to see that coming. And building a lead early in this game is something that would put the 49ers at a distinct advantage. Yeah, because I agree. I trust Shanahan to actually put his foot on the gas in this game as opposed to the last two games where he just thought he was better. His team was better than the other team. I'm sure that Shanahan's watched the film as well, <laughs> and he saw what happened to O'Brien, and, and he saw you know, what, what happened throughout the playoffs when the Chiefs had to overcome, you know, in one case, a very, very large lead, in one case, a, you know, a manageable lead, and they were able to do it very, very quickly, and they had no problems doing it, and he's going to know that he needs to keep pouring the, the, the points on, and I think that he's going to do it. So I really do trust him to put his foot on the gas and put his foot on the proverbial next of the opposing team, especially because of Andy Reid on the other side of the field. I expect him to run up the score as much as he can because he knows that Mahomes can can come back. So, you know, and, and another thing is, even if the, the Niners do fall behind, you know, like I said about Reid, like he's notorious for doing the same thing that Shanahan does, but except he does it to everybody. It's, it's just ease up on the gas and just sort of, try to work the clock and, and sort of go away from his original game plan. So I don't think that the 49ers, even if something you know horrible were to happen in the beginning of the game, you know, turnover or uh, two <laughs> or you know, maybe like a, a fumble on the, uh, on the opening kickoff, not that Richie James would ever do that, you know, onside, onside kick or something like that, or, <laughs> or if you can even do that anymore, who knows after the Pro Bowl. <laughs> but either way, I think that Garoppolo is going to play a very important role in this game, and I guarantee you a more important role than he played in the last two games. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you're in Vegas or if you have a, a legal bookie, you know, like an offshore or whatever, and you find an over-under on quarterback completions, and that under-over is six for Garoppolo, then take it immediately. I, I just can't imagine they would lose so much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I tend to agree, obviously, that Garoppolo is going to play a bigger part in this game in terms of not like, saying much, right? <laughs> having to throw the ball. You're right. I mean, I mean, he completed six passes. So, I, I, I mean, he would have to complete like a, if he completed a, a low number for him normally, which is in like the 15 to 17 range, then he would still be playing a, you know, more than double the impact in, in that regard. So, um, so all that I think is, is really accurate. Um, and I think really true, but I think ultimately they're, and so they're, they're definitely going to throw the ball more, more than they did against the Packers almost like without question. Um, but I still think they're going to have to make the chiefs 
prove that they can stop the run. Um, you noted they're almost 500 yards, 471 yards in two playoff games on 89 carries, which is good for 5.3 yards per carry, uh, which would be really great if you could maintain that for you know like all the time. You would get first downs on second down every time, and that would be excellent. Especially when the other team should be expecting it. Right, 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 right. For the record, I think they need to run the ball too, but but you know you took the running part, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, the uh, the Chiefs have been better um, stopping the run in recent weeks, especially uh, last week with with Derrick Henry holding him to his lowest output in several weeks. Uh, but it, it, the running, the nature of the running games are quite different. Henry's more of a you know ground and pound traditional like you know, he's a big guy and he just kind of runs into the middle and, and dares you to try to tackle him kind of thing. Uh, the, the nature of the 49ers running game, as we've talked about a lot, um, here is a little bit more, uh, all over the place. It's, you know, inside it's outside, it's traps, it's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes power, it's all different kinds of things, just depending on how, uh, Shanahan and, and his offensive uh, team decide that they need to, to take on the, the uh, team in front of them and throughout the year, the chiefs have struggled to, to stop the run. They are PFFs worst fourth, excuse me, fourth worst uh, team run grade uh, on the year 57.1. Um, and they're just 29th against the run, according to DVOA at 4.1%. Of course, keeping in mind that uh, bet on defense, de- negative DVOA is better. Um, their past defense, as you noted um, is uh a, a lot better. It's kind of an interesting disparage, um, disparity, excuse me, between uh, PFF and DVOA in this regard. Well, PFF and DVOA have them both, both, they're, both of them have their run defense pretty low. Um, there's quite a difference. Uh, they're 18th in PFF coverage grades uh, at 70.8 and 6th in DVOA at negative 9.3. So uh, it's kind of interesting. I think um, there's probably a lot of other things going on there. And if and it would take a little bit more time to sort of unpack all those uh, things that were going on. And I, see, I think certainly the linebacker situation is very interesting. And um, in fact, uh, one thing that I think would be really important, as I uh, wrote about recently on uh, NinerNoise.com, is that George Kittle could be looking to have a, a good old day because these uh, linebackers, as you noted, are not uh, going to really put a lot of impact on his ability to catch the ball. Um, if they put a linebacker on him, it's going to be epic. Yeah, for they sure. They sort of play around with their safeties in their lot corners. So they got to put somebody else on Kittle. I mean, you don't have to. Put a linebacker on him, please. If it's Sorensen, I'm not really all that worried about that either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just just to be clear. Um, but yeah, the run game, I think, is really important uh, in that it it is going to help establish a lot of the things that you're talking about um, with the pass game. And I think, uh, as I'm thinking about it more and more, the, the, I, I think... One of the things that the the Shanahan and the offense have always done really well is they run out of out of situations that you think they're going to pass in and, and vice versa, um, and that includes formations and also situations as we found like their first the first touchdown they scored against the Packers was you know it's third and eight like what are they going to do oh they're obviously going to pass but they but they knew something about the Packers defense that suggested that if we run a trap play right here we're going to pick up the first down and, and maybe more and so I think as you suggested you know, packing in the line and, you know, sort of shortening the, the, or the number of people in the, in the defensive backfield will be, will be good, but also putting uh, the, the chiefs defense in a position where they're, they're defending the run with just their, their front four or front six or whatever it ends up being, I think is also something they're going to be able to do. Um, Now are the Niners going to be able to sort of gash um, the, the chiefs on the ground, like they did the Packers, I I wouldn't expect it, but it's going to have to be a, a balance game that uh, they're going to have to play as they have all year. I, I mean, I think other than these two playoff games, they've been pretty balanced throughout most most of the season. There have been games where they've passed more, they've had games where they've thrown more, but I think that they're going to going to need to. I think in in the end the the point is to control the game, um, and and not uh, and be able to dictate what you want to do as opposed to letting uh, the uh, Packer or the sorry the Chiefs offense do that. Um, 
which we'll get into here in just a minute. But uh, I think <laughs> the the best um, the, that's that's the thing is that you you want to have the ball. This is a game I think ultimately where time of possession may matter more than we often think that it does. Um, I think more than likely if the Niners can hold the ball and score touchdowns while holding the ball, they're going to be that's going to put them in, in in a much better position to to win the game. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> You're right on point. I mean, it's definitely it definitely should be a priority for the 49ers to control this game because they can't allow Reed to control it. Because if the Chiefs control this game, then the 49ers are in trouble. And yet, you know, the, you know, the, the Chiefs have a lot of you know fast players, yada yada yada, track stars. Not like our guys aren't faster, but whatever. They have a, a rushing attack that the 49ers. I feel pretty comfortable can stop as long as they're up for it <laughs> and that they're you know playing at their best but, but at the same time you know Mahomes is a guy who is hard to bring down you know he doesn't get sacked a lot and he's a guy who can make plays in situations where you know Andrew historically has really had to sort of scheme his people open and he do, does still does a lot of that but then he also does some of the Hey, Mahomes, just go out there and do your thing, kind of thing, you know, like backyard football kind of thing. So, you really want to put the Chiefs into a situation where they're thinking, man, we really need to score this drive, as opposed to, hey, you know, we're, we're just out here having fun and, and nice and loose, and, you know, and we're bringing it on, on defense, and, you know, and we're stopping the run, and maybe we're getting to, to JG. And I mean, that's just sort of like the worst case scenario for the 49ers. So, I totally agree with you that. The 49ers need to focus on controlling the game, and I don't know if that means you know taking the opening kickoff as opposed to deferring to the second half. I'm not, not sure. I mean, it, may, it, may, it might, may, might make a little bit more sense since they're not playing at home, either in reality or as the NFL has determined, which is sort of making me like, man, do I really need to buy like a white jersey to go to this game? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not really all that cool about that because uh, until that last uh, Chiefs game, it was there's lots of red out there, which is good for me because then I didn't get beat up. So maybe red <laughs> is the way to go. But yeah, I'm pretty much uh, on point with you on all those all those points. So very nice work. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, move on then to the uh, the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers, which is where they have to focus on on. Stop- I'm not, I'm not going to say stopping. They, I, I I if they stop the chiefs offense, I will be just stunned. Um, just because as you said, like Mahomes is going to pull something out of the air where it's just like, what, like how, how, like we had him 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. How in the world did he end up gaining 50 yards on that? Like that's going to happen. Like something bizarre. He is threw happen. it by his back with his left hand. I mean, come on, man. Right. <laughs> like they're going to score points. I don't think anybody's doubting that. Um, like even if the defense plays like exceptionally well, I think, they're probably going to score. So it's about sort of slowing them down enough to do that. And as I noted, you know, the ball control on the off on the 49ers offensive side will be one of the best things that they can do for the defense. But um, I think beyond that, it's really just keeping the play in front of them uh, at all times. Like you talked about the, the speed of the, of the chiefs players um, on, on offense. And that's sort of one thing that they've been able to able to do is sort of, hoard these you know track stars masquerading as football players on their offense on the offensive side um and i think we're going to get into those numbers in a little bit more specifically in a second and while they may have um not had the explosive offense at, at quite to the level as they did last season they still have players who are capable of that but the good news is, is that the 49ers have only allowed 10 passing plays of 20 plus yards downfield all season this according to pff uh which is a number that is you know good that's that's what you want you want to keep it in front of you um and so to my mind i think that's the thing that you want to do like if Mahomes wants to throw the ball 60 times uh, during this game because their running game is basically non-existent. That's fine. But they have to be, you know, let him dink and dunk it all, all he wants down the field. Because at that point, what you're doing is you're allowing uh, the 49ers defenders time to sort of collapse on the ball, collapse on, get, get as many defenders as they can um, to, to the football and, and make the tackles. And, and there's a lot of, there's enough, uh, sure tacklers on the on the on the defense especially in the underneath sort of center center of the park type of players if you think about guys like Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner and Kwan Williams um, and even Quan Alexander who gets a kind of a bad rap in that regard but I think will will be fine 
in that regard. But if you think about it, their underneath pass defenders strong are strong players who will either make a play on the ball or get to the ball quickly and sort of come together and, and make tackles. And I think that is the thing you want to force them to do. And part of that will be pass rush. Part of that will be just uh, making Mahomes uncomfortable. And and part of that will be just just maintaining uh, coverage on the outside and in the sort of deep parts of the field as, as quickly as possible. Because, again, I'm okay if they take 12, 13, 14, 15 plays to to get down the field. And it also gives you an opportunity to stop them. You may be short of scoring touchdowns. So if, you know, they can start the ball at the 25 yard line and go short bursts down the field, but you can still stop them and maybe keep them, hold them to field goals, hold them to, uh, to punts, things like that. And I think that's, that's, that's the thing that you need to do. Just keep everything in front of you. And then you're going to limit their opportunities to score quickly, which I think is uh, something that you need to watch out for with this team. Stopping the Kansas City Chiefs 2019-2020 offense. I feel like it's a lot different than stopping their offense from last year. And I don't think that's something that's really recognized too much, especially over the last week and a half and probably for the next half week. The Chiefs running backs have a grand total of under 100 rushing guards over the entire 2020 playoffs. Two games. So... They're playing from behind for you know a portion of the contest, especially a, a portion of the first game. But you know, the rushing attack is essentially Patrick Mahomes scrambling. I mean, he's been the leading rusher in each one of their playoff games. So the Chiefs' rushing attack doesn't really scare me very much. The Chiefs' running backs in the screen game scares me a little bit. <laughs> and that's something that our linebackers are going to need to pay extra attention to because you know it's coming. And... The one drive that maybe it's the, the, the Packers' first drive where they were just to cruise down the field and we acted, we weren't even blitzing and we just acted like we had no idea what was going on and just scream pass, scream pass, scream pass right down the field. I mean, we can't allow them to do that because you know that Andy Reid is going to dial up some exotic plays. I mean, it's just what he does, and you know that Shanahan's going to dial up some exotic plays. It's just what he does as well. So I mean, there are, are a lot of similarities between the between the two coaches. But all in all, I'm not very concerned about the Chiefs' running game, especially if it's a competitive game, because the only way that they're really going to explode as running backs is if the foreigners just totally give up. And we have seen that at times, you know, like perhaps on like a, an opening drive against the Rams where they just didn't seem like they were very interested in, in making plays. But I don't think that's going to happen in Super Bowl 54. I think that the foreigners are going to be up for this game. I think that they're going to be ready. I don't think that they're going to be worried about next week. I think they're going to be worried about winning the game at hand. So I am not expecting a lot of letdowns from the 49ers front seven. So Mahomes, he is an individual that you need to be able to contain in the pocket because he is certainly mobile. And not only is he mobile, he's very hard to bring down. And the 49ers haven't really fared very well against mobile quarterbacks this season. You know, they, they lost to Jackson, but yeah, I mean, in the rain, they could have put that a lot differently. They lost to Wilson. They missed the field goal. They shouldn't have missed. And then they beat Wilson and they beat Arizona twice. So they could win games against mobile quarterbacks. And and Mahomes is a little bit different of a mobile quarterback in that he's trying to throw the ball and he's only really running when he's in trouble. So it's a little bit different than you're facing Arizona and they're running design run plays and that you know that kind of stuff. I mean, they, they do do some RPO stuff that the Fortnite need to be paying attention to. And hopefully Salah has done his proper research on that. I'm sure that he has. Any talk of spying... Mahomes, I say forget it because that is not something that the 49ers have done with any success this season and they've tried it a couple of times and it just it's it's just not the way to go because all you're doing is just removing a player from the defense and allowing Mahomes extra time to throw the ball down the field to one of his fast wide receivers. So I really did not want them to spy Mahomes. <laughs> and you know, this is one time when the 49ers actually had their full cadre of defensive stars available to defend against the running quarterback. They have a middle of the field that is fairly complete 
minus a uh, DJ Jones and a couple other interior guys. So they have the guys that can run them down if necessary. So if I were the defensive coordinator, I would rush four and I would use those four to get to Mahomes. And if you do that, you're going to win this ballgame. So please, Salah, no spying. Don't, it's just like uh, last week when Juice uh, you know, somehow blocked two players like without even touching one of them. You know, you, you can't just take one of your own players out of the game just to spy a quarterback who doesn't really want to run. I mean, he wants to throw the ball. I mean, he's been running the ball the last two weeks because it's the playoffs, but he wants to throw the ball downfield. I mean, he wants to throw the ball as far as he can downfield and then celebrate after a long touchdown. That's who he is. He's a passer. He's not a runner. He's just a passer who can run real fast and he's hard to tackle, <laughs> which makes him so good. And like I said, Andy Reid's, you know, one of the best in the league when you remove all of his clock management problems. So he is a OC slash head coach slash chief hot dog eater. He is smart enough to pass the ball on early downs. Earth to Shanahan is a good idea, dude. <laughs> so, so Andy Reid has figured this out. It took him a while, but he did. He has figured it out that it is smart to pass the ball on early downs. And if you do it, you will score more. So he does it, and they score more. <laughs> and it also it helps that he has a home spine center. And, and he likes to use motion and play action just like the Niners do. So the 49ers should be prepared for that. And they've seen it every practice, and I'm sure they've seen it a lot over the last week and a half and you know, see a lot on film and walkthroughs and the like over the next couple of days. So I haven't spent too much time watching all the talking heads on TV talk about this game, but in many ways I feel like they're stuck in the 2018 Chiefs mindset, sort of like they were most of the season with the Rams, as if the Rams from 2019 are the same team as the Rams from 2018, which is obviously not true. and has not been proven not to be true. Because the Chiefs are not the explosive play team that they were last season. In fact, in 2019, the 49ers offense was much more explosive than the Chiefs offense. And in every way, in overall explosive plays, in explosive passing plays and explosive running plays. Well, that kind of goes without saying since they don't run the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah, at yeah all. exactly, right? Yeah, but even with Mahomes scrambling actually counts for that stat. In a lot of ways, the 49ers have sort of turned into the Chiefs. Their offense definitely is not turned into the Chiefs' offense, but their the way that they are explosive on offense has turned into the way the Chiefs were the previous year. So the defensive line just needs to attack Mahomes and Yes, you need to be worried about the deep passes to the Chiefs' fast wide receivers because they do have fast wide receivers, but we have lots of fast players on our team as well. Some of them aren't necessarily cornerbacks, but... Maybe that's what they're doing with Brito. Maybe they're saving him to line him up at, at, at cornerback this week. That's probably it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's obviously a lot faster than uh, cheetah number two. And it's been proven. <laughs> um, and actually, he's probably taller than him, too. So maybe that's the ticket. I, I think Sherman's going to just take a, a seat, seat on the sideline for the Super Bowl while we bring Reed in there to cover. Yeah, maybe not. That's the yeah. matchup. So Mahomes sacked 17 out of 19 times when opposing teams rushed four players or less. And you talked at length about how the 49ers needed to get to my favorite Minnesota quarterback, Mr. Cousins, with four rushers or less because he didn't necessarily excel when he was pressured with, with four rushers where he That's did. That's a nice way of putting yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be nice to him. I'm trying to be nice to him. I still feel sort of bad. I, think I, I, I can't remember what, what I said. But I, I, I think something that is like blanking and it being a dark outside. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was like. I obviously don't mean that. I remember that. That was a good one. He drives like his mom's minivan. I mean, he's supposed to be like a, like a nice guy. So I'm, anyway. I'm sure he is. Yeah, Kirk. Kurt. Kurt. Whatever his name is. Kurt. Who knows? Kurt. Whatever. Anyway, the defense line needs to attack Mahomes with four rushers. Hey, guess what? That's all Sala knows how to do. <laughs> so yeah, for the most it's, part. So it sort of works out in the 49ers' favor because it's what Sala wants to do, and he wants to have all the rest of his defenders back in coverage. Hopefully not Bosa. Keep him. Let him rush, please. Please. <laughs> and and 
hopefully you learn your lesson about Solomon Thomas in, in the preseason that we did not want him covering potential routes on the outside because those yeah, they knew this was coming. That's why they ran that. I yeah. just want to see what it would look like. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. it didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and people were like posting that this it was week. Better than better than Earl <laughs> Mitchell. Let's just say that. I, but, I, I, I got into it with somebody who was posting it this week. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. Come on, come on. Like you're posting this, like, like this, this means that you're going to, that was a preseason game, uh, sir. Yeah. That, that, you, <laughs> that you lost. It's like, give me a break. We, 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 we were having a good time. It was, it was all, I'm sure. All in good fun. All in good fun. Yeah. I, I, I try to, I try to lower the amount of Twitter hate that I receive, which is excessive. I appreciate excessive, that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So the 49ers blitz just 20% of the time, which if you told me that last year, I would be angry with you because they never got there. Right. But with, this year, it's actually it actually works well because they have guys who can catch the quarterback. So that's the fourth lowest number in the league. But yet, they generate a hurry percentage 14% of the time, which is tops in the NFL. I mean, that's it's pretty incredible. That's you, good. Those are you, good numbers. Yeah, I mean, you, you rush four, you drop everyone else in, uh, back in coverage, you can run whatever you want, and you're still hurrying the quarterback 14% of the time. I mean, that's that's very good. Meanwhile, the Chiefs splits 30% of the time, which is run average in the NFL, but they generate approximately half of the hurry percentage. So the 49ers, they're rushing three or four, i.e. not blitzing, you know, 50% less than the Chiefs are, but yet they're getting there twice the amount of time. So they have a distinct advantage in that area, and that seems good. hopefully that distinct advantage can overcome the man that is, or the Superman that is uh, Patrick Mahomes, if you've been watching it. Well put. NFL well put Network. Yeah. <laughs> like many Super Bowls, I, I believe this game will be won in the trenches. It, you know, the over-under is, is high and everyone says it should be higher and it's going to be a 100-point game, yada, yada, yada. But th- this game's going to be won. Yikes. Can they get to Jimmy G? Can they stop the 49ers run? And can we get to Mahomes? And can we take out their running backs when we're on our way to the pocket to get Mahomes, that's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, and and honestly, I think the 49ers have a more multifaceted offensive uh, scheme than the Chiefs do at this particular moment. Uh, I think that that's I think the the big difference is you know is Mahomes going to pull something out of the air that 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 we are just not. That you know, as much as we love Garoppolo, he just might—he's not on that on that same level, and I think that's that's going to be the big thing. So, all right, well, let's uh, let's move into the predictions portion, our our final predictions portion of the uh, of the season. Um, and the question is easy: it's uh, who's taking home that Lombardi Trophy? Is it going to be the the uh, the Chiefs, which would be their second, I believe, in uh, in team history, and the 49ers would be their sixth. Um, so. You know, I, I I I think that we have been we I, I know for I for one I have tried to sort of stray away from over homering uh, these predictions throughout the season. Uh, it just has happened to work out that the 49ers have been really good this year, and we ha- and picking in their favor has not been terribly difficult. Um, and uh, but this time I I just I got to do it. Uh, I'm going full homer. I think this is going to be a good game, um, and I think it's two teams that will match up pretty well against each other but here's the deal um it's been 25 years since the 49ers won a super bowl it actually is 25 years to the day of our recording as i was informed this morning um when they beat the chargers in uh um in miami i believe was that was that trip as well um just rubbing it in keep coming yeah no problem uh and while they were back in the game after the 2012 season um a game that i think they should have won because they were the better team than the uh, baltimore ravens that year thank um, you for making me cry yeah i'm sorry uh for me it's been far too long and yes i know the chiefs haven't been back in 50 years blah 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 but um look i just feel like this 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 season has has been unexpected and shocking and even though i don't really believe in magic it just feels it's magical if there is such a thing um so here's the thing that it comes down to me. I've I've been hearing a lot of comparisons to the team uh, that won in 1984 when they took on Dan Marino and the high-flying uh, Dolphins offense that year um, and how much this particular version of the 49ers reminds uh, people of that team. Um, and then this stat comes up. This is from ESPN Stats and Information. 
Uh, they tweeted this out a couple of days ago. Um, it says this, the 49ers have a NFL high 57 sacks this season, including the playoffs. They're the seventh team, seventh team in the last 15 seasons to enter a Super Bowl with more than 55 sacks. Sacks, the previous six all won. So that 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 bodes well. Um, and I think the comparison to the 84 team is is apt. This is a a team that, while they've had a good year, uh, not many people I think are really actually expecting them to win. Um, I think it's going to be a, a a higher scoring game, but I think in the end the things that we're talking about are going to come together. Um, and I think uh, if you had to to figure out who's going to make a play um, on defense, uh, 49ers versus the Chiefs defense, I, I think I'd, I know who I'd trust more. Um, and I think it's going to be a close game that's going to come down to something like that, like who can make a big play uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, and in the end, I think uh, the Niners are going to win Super Bowl 54 and be the champs. I'm going to go with something like high scoring, like 38-31 49ers and... Uh, Super Bowl fit four champions. That's uh, that's my that's what I'm going with, Chris. What do you think? So you like the four nine the points and the over. Yeah. Well, a you say you don't believe in magic. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about that all right, later. We'll, we can do that later. Second so, yeah. so, so of all, I am not gonna go homer time. The Chiefs have this one in the bag. Uh, I'm just hey, kidding. Hey, hey. No, come on, give me a break. Uh, so <laughs> the, the Chiefs are favored by one in this game. It's on sort of between one and and uh, one and a half. And the over has gone from 54 to 54 and a half. So I guess that makes the math a little bit easier. So this game should be 28 to 27 Chiefs. Yeah, that's the thought, right? With some fractions in there, but, but, yeah, but generally. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that that's going to be the, the ending score of just the Chiefs going down and just scoring four touchdowns and the four hours going down and scoring three touchdowns and kicking two field goals. So I think that this game is going to be a lower scoring game than many of the Vegas odds makers have predicted, or have at least set the lines, because I believe that they think that most people think that it's going to be an over game because it's the Chiefs and they have Mahomes and you know Mahomes can do whatever he wants. And it doesn't really matter that the 49ers scored more points than the Chiefs this year, you know, 30 to 28. On average, you know, I, I, I yet to hear that be mentioned actually anywhere um, in all the coverage <laughs> I watch. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a, a lower score. I'm going to take a you know, similar in number to, to a three point score, and I'm going to go with a 27 to 24 game with the San Francisco 49ers as the victors with the points. And the under on the game. So the San Francisco 49ers will be Super Bowl champions of Super Bowl 54. And they will bring back their sixth Lombardi trophy. And the quest for six will finally end. And then we can start a new quest for seven. This game in many ways is coin flip that's, that could be easily be determined in the beginning of the game. And I think the 49ers are going to come out hot and I did not expect the 49ers to be here and no, no, I'll be the first admit, to admit that and you can see me say silly things on the internet about that <laughs> earlier in the season on podcasts and on video podcasts and the like because I, I really thought the 49ers season was going to be this upcoming season but everything came together and it is a little bit of a you know, like storybook Cinderella type of uh, season and I think that the 49ers are going to end that you know, Cinderella slash storybook season with a victory that has been long awaited by myself and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other 49ers fans. And I just hope I can somehow get into that stadium in, in some capacity. So next week, when the Niners win, that's going to be our screaming episode, right? Correct. Yeah, I almost started this one screaming, but I was like, no, no that would have been too early. Next yeah. week. Got to wait. wait. Okay. For sure. Oh, wait. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'll have no voice. Um, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. from, yell, I, um, from yelling from outside the stadium. Whatever. I like it. I like it. Be, um, <laughs> I'll be uh, inside. We have uh, informed all people in our. My dad and I have informed all people in our in our uh, inner like that we know that are around here. Like we're probably not watching the game with you. Um, and if you come watch the game with us, you have to you have to watch quietly and dutifully cheer for the 49ers because we're not 
not doing any of that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I told people if I do end up staying, that no one is allowed to come over other than <laughs> close family members. And actually, I'll probably just go somewhere else so that people just won't show up. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Before we sign off, I want to thank all of our listeners for helping us kick off and then grow the Nine Noise podcast in our inaugural season in what has become a very interesting season for the San Francisco 49ers and one that will hopefully end in a Super Bowl victory. So I can only hope that future seasons will be as interesting as the 2019-2020 season and know that I will be working diligently to cut down on the run-on sentences, just like this one, and perhaps even decrease the number of rabbit holes that I go down when I talk about the X's and O's over the course of the podcast. Sure, Robert <laughs> will be happy about that. So definitely had a fun time this year, and I'm definitely looking forward to spending more time with you guys going forward, and hope that we can end this Sunday with the San Francisco 49ers' sixth Lombardi Trophy. Do you just wait for the 2020 season? I'm, I'm going to be on my A game, or at least my like B minus game, or something like that. Hey, that works. That <laughs> works. Got to start somewhere. You got to set the bar low. Just in case. absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll be uh, we'll we'll be coming back next week one way or the other. Uh, hopefully to uh, to 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 you know celebrate about the the the, the Super Bowl yep, and, and then I guess uh, yeah throughout the uh, the off season as well because uh, lots of action throughout the off season. So yeah, we'll figure we'll figure out the what the schedule will look like and we'll uh, we'll keep everybody abreast in terms of what's going on there. But uh, we'll be here in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, in the meantime, there's a game on Sunday. That's right, and let's just focus on that, and that's all we need to know. Uh, so uh, it, until then, uh, thanks for listening again to the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Um, as always, please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave us a nice review and a rating and subscribe and all that good stuff. And, of course, share uh, the podcast with your 49er fan friends. Um, and, uh, yes, we will see you next week, Niner fans, celebrating that Super Bowl championship. Go Niners. See you later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.